Hello. Hello. We are Sophie and Nora, aka Mad Women, and we're going to talk about season one, episode six, aka Babylon. It's the episode you've been waiting for. I'm really excited, and also it reminds me how hard it is to say you like the show because. As you pointed out, through te- you were texting me about the show when you were watching, and you're like, man, this is really anti-Semitic. And then I saw it, I was like, ooh, this is a rough episode to say it's your favorite. <laughs> well, <laughs> like it's, it's, oh it's, boy. it's a lot. But my opening question for you is, did you find this episode sexily upsetting or upsettingly sexy? <laughs> this is just, that's an amazing question, because like... That's kind of the crux of the whole show. How do you view it? It definitely switches <laughs> back and forth. Well, I for me, I found it upsettingly sexy because I think there's a lot of sexiness in this episode. Like, I agree. With overtones of upsetting situations. I think this is why I, I love this episode. I, you, I found it as uh, upsettingly sexy in the past. And this time, I maybe I'm just in a different headspace right now. I still found it sexily upsetting. Like, I found this <laughs> really sad. Like, yeah. even more sad that I remembered, I was like, holy shit. But, like, I I agree. It's very, like, I love that question, by the way. But just, yeah. like... Thank you. I was very excited to ask you about it. It's It really... I think it goes to my general point here where it's... I like this episode because I think it it's a very good episode to show someone to be like, this is what the show is. Like, it really encapsulates, like, the tone we're going for in general, which is sexy and upsetting. <laughs> um, and just, like, I don't know, the fucked up loneliness that everyone has and everyone's mm-hmm. just like we're have all this stuff but also we're really empty like oh very strong in this episode sexually upsetting sexually upsetting exactly Ugh. there was a lot of i mean that was roger and joan bringing the sexiness i Not mean only, there, i thought and like primarily. i actually really enjoyed like the the don betty sex scenes but found them upsetting too so there's was, a lot going on maybe we're jumping ahead yeah, yeah we're just like so excited about this I just think, like, in general, the show just, like, casted such hot people that it just, like, masked everything wrong going on. It takes, like, a couple of viewings or, like, really squinting at the screen. You're like, okay, past what they look like. (laughs) Again, jumping ahead, but, like, Betty has this whole monologue about being so attracted to Don. And this time, we'll talk about it more in a second, but, like, it struck me as deeply sad. I was like, I thought this was really hot, like, the first ten times I watched it, but now I'm just like... (laughs) Oh my god. I wonder what um, changed. Maybe just like the the familiarity of it, but we maybe. should probably jump into the the summation of the episode. Yeah. So, we start uh Don is doing Don wrote Don's being nice in the first scene, you Don's know, and being he's, nice, making Mother's Day brunch. Although I did notice one revolting orange con- orange concentrate, like that looks <laughs> very gross. I understand yeah. that's how people do it, and then yeah. also only toast. That's all she gets. Yeah, but he he he's like setting up on a tray. I feel like if you put anything on a tray, it makes it look like a little more exciting. And with a tulip, I was like, yeah, the okay, flower. that's nice. But also, I didn't know it was Mother's Day. Like, what? I thought we were in like August. Maybe it's, it's August here, but I oh, was kind of surprised know. that it was that time. I guess I haven't really been paying attention to like the time period it is like obviously it's summertime or at least somewhat of a warm time because i feel like none of the characters have been wearing coats yeah not Um, that this matters but i for some reason thought it was like end of summer because they were talking about like going to see betty's father in the summer all of a sudden it was mother's day i was like 
Mm, but then again, but anyway. Betty's been talking about the vacation home, so that could indicate it's like pre-vacation summertime, too. Fair enough, so. fair enough. People plan ahead for trips. <laughs> so Don know. is setting up breakfast for Betty, and then as he's going up the stairs, he slips. And then we're kind of in this, so like... So freaky. Yeah, it was a very freaky scene, and then we're kind of in this weird space of, like... It's, it's very disorienting to me, because mm-hmm. I'm like, did he really slip? Is this a dream? Because then he's... There's a voice that's calling him Dick Whitman. So we get that, you know, bridge from the last episode. And yeah. the voice is his uncle Mac. Um, and then there's like a flashback to when his brother Adam is born. Yeah. So it's very much like you're going through a lot of layers of what's happening in the scene as you're watching it. For sure. Introducing, I don't know if we've seen it before, but I think introducing for the first time flashback of young Don, a.k.a. Dick Whitman, with this terrible bowl cut and his really unfortunate house, kind of showing that Adam is still on his mind. You know, after last episode, you know, just paying people off. They're still in your brain, dude. This is why therapy works. So I think the boy that they got to play little Dick Whitman is, like, so well-casted. I agree. Because he comes back, but um, it's just, it's, yeah, it's a very disorienting scene. And then you hear Betty call his name. So you're like, oh, he really did slip, you know? Why I say, which I said last time, that I feel like this show hasn't quite launched yet, but I do feel like this episode kind of is launching into the greatness that is Mad Men. Mm-hmm. But it feels like a little sloppy. It's just like immediately nighttime. And then they're, it looks like they're coming home from like a festive event. And you're like, is it still Mother's Day? Like it just, I didn't find that transition to be very strong. I agree. I'm like, this time they just like showed the kids and they kept on zooming in on the red balloon. I was like, it's a sixth sense. Like, why are we focusing on the balloon? I don't understand why they would even have a balloon if it's Mother's Day. Like, I just didn't understand what was happening. Not to go too hard on it, but I agree. That part really confused me. No, and I was like, is a balloon a metaphor? Because there was that in episode one with the fly stuck in the light. You're like, okay, is this just like Matthew Weiner being like so heavy handed on images being metaphors for the show it just i don't know we don't need to spend time on it yeah but i agree that part i was like what's happening but then it goes into a very uh sexy don betty scene sexy and upsetting sexy and upsetting do you want to launch into this i feel like there's there's so much in this that just feels like sad yeah so it starts with don the best of thing which i have no idea what that book is apparently they had made a movie about it that i kind of took for conversation that they had seen that movie that day for mother's day and featured joan crawford and betty was like undressing and talking about joan crawford used to be beautiful and now she's on screen and she's older and she has these big like intense eyebrows and that she's not this image of like male desire anymore in her head and it scares her because you know she has her beauty right now and then it's this, oh, it's actually going to decline over time. And then I found it really sad because she has this um, line where she said, like, you know, I, if I ever looked like that, I would just want to disappear. And then mm. she laughs and it makes perfect sense. And again, zooming to the end. I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. Don't listen if you haven't finished the show. <laughs> that actually does happen. She dies young and leaves a beautiful corpse. She dies quite young, looking quite young, which is in a weird way what she said she wanted in this scene. Mm-hmm. So yeah. she doesn't have to age and die a thousand deaths that way, but it's fucked up. Oh no, this was very sad. I wrote in my notes Betty bashing brows because I just felt like she was bashing bushy eyebrows. And as someone with bushy eyebrows, I found that annoying. Um <laughs> eyebrow time, she would just not fit in. It's like no. not Betty. Um, and I also wrote that Betty's afraid of aging and 
it, it was interesting. I actually listened to this podcast put on by NPR called Life Kit, mm-hmm. which I highly recommend to any of our listeners. But they did this episode about how so much of our society is anti-melancholy, but how mm-hmm. we can like embrace melancholy and that people who actually are drawn to sad things can be happier people because they're like accepting it as a part of life. And yeah. I was thinking about that in regards to this scene in Betty, because I just feel like a lot of people in this 60s society, particularly the type of like perfect image housewife on the outside Betty is going to be just like completely so afraid of that, which also kind of mimics her being really afraid of her divorcee neighbor. Um, For sure. And I just felt like Betty needed to embrace some melancholy. So she's not so afraid. Yeah. Not, not so afraid that her life is going to crumble and also kind of accepting and being able to express the fact that, you know, this is the perfect life and actually kind of sucks in a lot of ways for her anyway, rather than have it like come out in a million different ways through little anger, which we'll see throughout the series. Yeah. Um, I felt like this, this scene was one, if not the longest conversation we see between Betty and Don, it just was like a really long scene, which I actually really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, You can actually see them together as people more. I really felt like Betty said a couple of things that were like, Don would say, you know, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be melancholy. And then she would say something back. And then she would say like, I get to be X, Y, and Z because my, my mother just died last year. And then mm-hmm. it was a little bit of a back and forth more than we've seen. Um, so it was kind of interesting where it was a little bit of a back and forth where she was more grounded and less like hot voice up one octave, perfect housewife. I'm glad you brought that up because I felt like that was the first Don dupe in this episode after she was talking about the death of her mother because yeah. and Don said mourning is just extended self-pity. And I it's like, fuck that, you. I wrote you know? that down. I was like, oh my God, that is the most toxic thing I've ever heard. Like, like she is what the lot, fuck? You can't tell somebody who's grieving that. That's like so rude. It's been, it's in less than a year. Like she's allowed to be sad, dude. And just, it, I wrote down, ew, doubting therapy works it's very it's sad because you can see her trying to express betty trying to express things in a healthy way which she doesn't do most of the rest of the series Mm -hmm. and then he shuts it down and it's sad because it's like what could betty's life have been if she not that it's entirely don's fault but i feel like there were a couple of places where she tried to grow and he kind of stomped it out or made her feel embarrassed um it's funny because a few episodes ago for our podcast, I said that Don Draper would be the kind of kid who didn't study for a test and got straight A's. But in this scene, he said yeah. he was like caught cheating on a test. And I was like, of fucking course, you know, of course, of course. Um, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I wrote down Don knows about pygmies in New Guinea. I just, it's just, I mean, it's really interesting, but, and it's a weird thing to bring out to be like, don't feel anything because big me's grind up their ancestors and drink them in a beer it was just like a very weird thing to say <laughs> but also i was like very impressed that he knew this i missed I don't that know. line i like that one i'm glad you 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 know brought that to light i just i don't know don's just so well read but then is using it for nefarious purposes for being like don't feel feelings it's like that's really what you took from that hmm. <laughs> interesting um 
Yeah, and then they kind of we go into the sex scene, which I thought was like kind of hot, but also kind of sad. <laughs> Maybe that's this, why it was hot. But I this was like, struck me as really sad this time, which I used to think was really sexy, and it was both. But no, like it's both. I the first thing that was sad was that she wanted the light turned off, and I'm like, oh, you like don't want to be seen naked with I, your husband. I was surprised. I was like, Betty, this best time of your life. You're so I know, hot. I know. She's like a got her tight little 28 year old body, and I'm like, oh, that's like yikes. girl, just. Just live it. Yeah. And then uh, I, I was really curious and wanting to ask you, like, how you read into the whole, like, I want you convo. And she's it's just a, like, I want you, I Don, I want all of you. And it's just, oh, it's really it's, sad. It's really weird, weird conversation. I took it as a couple, a couple of things. First of all, like, it's, Don, like, it's, it is kind of striking how, like it's like they're fun and they're flirting and it's you can immediately feel the tone shift that she's like very serious about saying this stuff like I want to have sex with you like I want you all the time but she's saying it in this very serious upset way Mm -hmm. um I took it as two different things first of all that maybe part of it is like with her like with her beauty being attracted to Don and Don being attracted to her and getting his attention that way is kind of like the good part of her day so she's mm-hmm. thinking about that because that's kind of I heard this phrase from a movie recently that I really love, like food pellets from the universe. That's kind of where she gets food pellets from the universe from about mm. like is not just her beauty, but like having sex with Don, because there's not really other good things about being with Don, or she doesn't she's not super happy being a mother. We get that sense or being a housewife and her friends will see that that's really the thing she about because it's the only thing that makes her happy. And then the other part is that she wants him, but, like, want... It's, even though they're talking about sex, it's kind of, like, actually focusing on me, and I feel like I'm closer to you, and I kind of want more. I felt like she was kind of, like, she didn't want it just more often. She wanted more from it, I guess. Mm-hmm. What about you? What do you um, think? I almost read it as if she knows he's unfaithful, and this is her uh, trying to be, like, you know if I say I want sex all the time from you and think about having sex all the time from you, will that keep you here? But I don't mm. think at this point she actually like knows, knows. It's just a subconscious thing though. Yeah. I think she kind of That's has like a suspicion. Um, yeah. I, and then I guess I didn't fully believe her like in saying she thinks about it all day long either. That's kind of interesting that she's trying to get through to him, sort of. Yeah. So I think think what you said is, like, totally accurate interpretation. But I just, I was, like, unsure because it's such an uncomfortable scene. And she sounds, like, so desperate that it's, like, not sexy. But the foreplay, like, leading to this was sexy. So it just, like, becomes, like, immediately, like, uncomfortable, I think, to the viewer. Agree. And I I think kind of... Like you're saying at the beginning, it's launching Mad Men. It's kind of one of the first scenes that are not is not heavy-handed where we can discuss interpretations mm-hmm. like this, which is sort of exciting. I feel like a lot of it is like it seems like it's kind of leading into X, but this is like, what is going on with Betty here? And with Don, honestly. So then we have a very jarring cut to weird office snacks because they just uh, serve like the weirdest things. Bellinis at... and Mai Tais, although I wanted that Mai Tai that looked good. Oh, Mai Tais are so nasty, but go ahead. You know? Really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, th- yes, I think that's like hangover for sure. For sure. Yeah. But... Um, and we're at the office, we're at Sterling Cooper, and they are meeting with their cruise line client. 
um, which sends or aims to send uh, U.S. folks to Israel on a cruise. Mm. Yeah. And it's it's Bethlehem, right? Bethlehem Cruise. That's like the name of the. I don't know. I, I feel like that can't be it because we had Bethlehem Steel. Oh, you're right. I'm definitely confusing the but steel. But cruise line. <laughs> just thinking Israel, you know. Um, yeah, for sure. That makes sense. Yeah, and I didn't have too much to say about this scene. I think I, I just agree. noted that, uh, you know, there was this emphasis that Sterling Cooper is not like traditional agencies. Um, so I think that's just kind of setting the scene that they're like kind of a very creative, out of the box thinkers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was kind of interesting that she was the woman who's the client was saying that like this other place up the street is very kitsch. Mm-hmm. And we want something more traditional. And they say, we want, don't want something. We don't want it to be seen as traditional. And she's like, my relation's not so good, but you know what I mean. Like, I thought that was kind of interesting to see where they sit in relation to all the other agencies. Mm-hmm. Because we haven't really gotten that perspective. Like, oh, there's actually competitors out right. here. I don't think we've talked about that. I also wrote down just like a couple of weird things. Um, have you ever been to Beirut? I know you travel a lot. I don't think, I think I've not I been to Beirut. They're like the Paris of the Middle East. I was like, that'd be very cool. Don't know. I don't. Anyway, that, no, nothing I've to only, say about that. I've only I been like, to Israel, which is something I was planning on bringing up later for mm-hmm. a reason our listeners will find soon. Um, what was your other question? Have you ever read Exodus? No. I I was like kind of. I guess it's like, they, wait, do you mean like the literal with, book of Exodus? Like in the no, Bible? The, the book they were reading. No, that's what I thought. Yeah. yeah no, I have not. Yeah, so I, I just there were two things I was like, oh, okay. Like, I was kind of, at least if there was, I don't know if they actually ended up making the movie with Paul Newman, but I'm like, at least I'll see the movie. I'm kind of intrigued. I wish I, I've done last, both. I wish I've read that book and have been to Beirut, but no. Two it for sounded two. very interesting. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing is, I wrote, Don, stop making Christianity Bible jokes because it kept <laughs> up being like, I have the Bible, I don't have this. And then he was like, let's, well, in Rio, we put a big statue of Jesus and the guy's just like, Let's not do that. Like, stop. Focus. So, beginning of a lot of really uncomfortable, Don is a dumbass who's not very, not sensitive. Shocker. So, (laughs) But I thought that was odd, too, because I just, like, view Don Draper being, like, an atheist, even though that never really comes up in the show. Um, Yeah. But I just feel like maybe him bringing that up constantly is just, like, more emphasizing this, you know, white male Christian america yeah kind of yeah. yeah um so then we meet roger's family which i was excited about um we meet mona his wife and margaret who's so young in this scene it's like she's jarring. such a baby she's so and she little. has her little uh i like do like her ponytail which actually i noticed looks kind of like peggy so conversation yes. we'll have later about peggy dressing like <laughs> a little kid can see yeah. it with the ponytail yeah, I did like her hair. Um, there's very clear tension between Margaret and Roger. And uh, at one point, Mona says that, uh, you know, she's talking to Roger. They see him in the office and then Don, just Don, that's the, that's a portmanteau yeah. for Don and Joan, by the way. Yeah, um, the, uh, it's Team Don, because they actually look team very Doan. hot next yeah, to each other. Yes, and she's like, oh, they make a handsome couple. And I wrote, cue the fan fiction of like... Oh. Don Absolutely. and Joan fucking. Let me say also, just as a little distraction here, favorite episode of the, our favorite episode, favorite uh, outfit of the episode, 
Joan's dress. I oh knew you were going to pick that, so I picked something different. <laughs> but this, like, definitely launches, like, Joan rocking a solid color. And I just, I fucking love that necklace that just hangs mm-hmm. on her boobs so perfectly. It it's, like... So, so good. It's just, ever since like that episode, I'm like, I want a necklace like that, but I just don't think it would look good as good on me as Joan, to be honest. She just but, is like, look at uh, me and my freaking boobs. Like love, it's just fantastic. Me the, the long gold, whatever the hell it is. It almost it's, looks like a whistle, like a dog whistle, but it's like, not. is it a pen? Cause I, no matter what, I, <sighs> I don't know. I hope it's something functional. And it starts Joan, not only wearing the solid color with the pen or the necklace, but also the sensible gold brooch. She does that yes. multiple times oh. this episode. And Oh, classic, Love it. classic. Love it. Shit. And like, I, I totally knew you were going to pick that. So I picked something else, but we'll get appreciate to that. it. So before we move on, just to say that, you know, Ginger, which is the girl's like, I cut my own hair. Who's Roger's secretary. And you're like, Oh boy, <laughs> uh, don't go. Don't let her cut your hair. Um, they look kind of disappointed, uh, Mona and Roger. And then Roger looks over and just like, you picked her. And I was like, okay. So Mona and Roger had some deep discussion. And then Mona's like, I'm going to pick a dowdy girl for your secretary, which doesn't really help. I'm sorry, Mona. It didn't really work out. You know, you're trying to keep him away from trouble, but I just, I never clocked that before. And I was like, yeah, that makes that was sense. A good that like, yeah, she would want to control that shit if she could. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, this is our first time then seeing Roger and Joan together um, yeah. because there's a cut to them at a hotel. And um, we learn in this, we, we were talking about this before, you know, recording just now. We were curious. Um, Roger says something like, this has been the best year of my life, which made us wonder if this is like Jones only worked at Sterling Cooper for just a year. Or which is if, so it, impressive. Yeah, that true. doesn't feel like accurate to the narrative at all but maybe it is you know to how important she is but maybe how much confidence she has in just like running the place basically even though she's just head secretary yeah i guess that has to be it because why would roger just have joined a year ago unless he just took an extended time off which i guess i wouldn't put past roger but i don't know if he's really in the traveling taking (laughs) taking uh not ecstasy taking lsd version of his life yet so probably not um i was really struck with this scene how how if you contrast it to not only the scene with betty and don at the beginning but all of the scenes with don and a lady like a lady but like another woman and having sex how much more roger seems to not only enjoy women's company but be open Mm. like he's just Mm -hmm. immediately talking about his life like, it's so different that he's, like, talking it too much, honestly. It's a little weird. But, like, it's merely <laughs> talking about Margaret and his family and, like, kind of what, everything he yes. thinks that's going on in his head. And he's like, mother me, which is kind of fucked up. But he's <laughs> not closed off the way Don is. No, I also think Roger Sherling is such a silver fox. Like, it's so much more appealing. Like, he would enjoy, he would enjoy your company rather than just be like, I'm going to use this as a drug and then leave the way Don would. Yeah, he'd be like way more fun in bed i think yeah he would actually have humor and just like flirt and then afterwards he would stay around and be like hey i like you a lot and like i'm gonna make little jokes yeah Although but i agree he's like what he i feel like you would like sleep with him and then you'd be like he's telling me everything about his life and it would like freak you out you know yeah clearly he's you see in the scene the beginning throughout the that the beginning of something that continues throughout the episode where he's pushing and 
I have personally experienced this too, where like a guy, you want to keep something casual and the guy's like pushing to be like, let's keep going. Let's like make this more exclusive. Let's like do more. And then Joan's like, I'm being smart. I have my own life, my own little parties, my own shit that I do. Cause I know who you are, Roger. And And I know what this is. Yeah. yeah, And I know what this is. And he's like, why do you have to have your, your roommate, Carol? What if you lived alone? And then we could have sex at your place. And you're like, Roger, this is not a good look. And Joan is trying to push back, but Roger is very insistent. Yeah. Roger's also trying to get food. And Joan says this line that's kind of weird. And she's like, I don't like food toes close to bed. It reminds me of a hospital where it's like, what is that wound that, you know, yeah. Because we know that like, I don't know what happened to her dad, but we see her mom later in the series. So like, it makes me think someone got really sick Mm. or died in Joan's life. So I definitely was curious what, what was that? Was that her? I thought her, I always thought her dad left, Mm -hmm. not that he died, but I I definitely clocked that. And I was like, what is that? Because that seemed like it was very loaded. Yeah, and just I want to, the Joan backstory. Uh, we all do Joan spinoff, but just to to wrap this scene up, um, I also found this scene sexually upsetting because it like starts off and it's like really kind of fun and playful, and it's these two beautiful people. But then, uh, I hate this like Roger thing where he's like, "I want to lock you up for a week and like get you that, like a bird. I want to get you a bird." And I'm like, "What the." fuck like this is, is so a, messed up it's a very toxic thing where it's like i want to get you in a, like a fourth floor walk up with no windows, windows. and no door or something oh, and you're like god i was just like oh. revolted at that and like uh it just it just sounds like he wants her as a concubine so it like immediately becomes like not sexy at all from like the way this yeah. scene starts and it starts becoming like really creepy obsessive like weird There's like, like a thirst. weird dark undertone yeah, here for sure hate this although yes. the thing that kind of allows it to come back to be slightly sexy is that joan totally knows and she has that great line she's like if you had your way i'd be stuck somewhere in a paperweight with my legs in the air it's like such a good line to be like <laughs> you just want me to be trapped and like be an inanimate object like i know that's what you want oh. uh and the fact that she's able to roll her eyes and say that kind of gives her at least a slight bit more power even though ultimately she doesn't have that much at least That's she's knowing point. what's happening and mm-hmm. is careful. Mm-hmm. But still, I agree. It started sexy and then it ended more upsetting. Uh, so then we go to f- this scene, uh, back to the upsetting. creatives. Yeah, oh my god, fuck Paul all the time. Fuck Paul. Well, let's just say we're starting okay. in the office with the bros and Don trying to figure out, trying to understand the enigma that is Israel. They just like are baffled and it starts with Don staring at some Holocaust photos in 1960 and then is like kind of surprised. He's like, I know why they want the guns now. It's like, have you not heard of the Holocaust? Like, why are you surprised? Like, I don't know. It was just so weird to me that he was just like, oh, I understand more now. It's like, you knew about pygmies like two episodes ago or two seasons <laughs> or scenes ago. Like, why? Anyway. Yeah. It just I, is weird to me. He's just like closed off to the melancholy. Like, nobody wants to be melancholy in this time I guess period, that's true. You know? He saw the pygmy fact. He's like, I can use that to shut down melancholy. <laughs> Holocaust, not so much. So. And then they share this image of like a beautiful Israeli woman and Paul says, kill me, you busty Jewess. And I'm just like, go fuck yourself. Go like, you're so disgusting. So gross. Um, then There's they so start, many layers of yuck ugh, in this scene. Yeah, it's very anti-Semitic. And um, 
they start talking about kibbutz, uh, which are, Mm -hmm. you know, communal living spaces that people live in in Israel where they basically like grow food and then they eat food together. It's like a very communal thing. And -hmm. I think Peter, like, yeah, I actually, I stayed in one uh, when I went to Israel and it, it, some of the, at least the one I was at, it almost felt like cafeteria food, but I know it was Mm -hmm. like freshly made, but it had kind of that vibe where you get a tray and like, you know, people work there, they serve the food, you know? Um, How many people are usually in, in one? Honestly, I mean, my group was large, so it it could like at least hold over 50 people. Like they're not small, you know, but I'm sure like the staff itself, like are a lot smaller than the Mm -hmm. people who can like come and go. Like I'm sure a lot of people outside of the country and inside of the country, like stay in them, which is also like another way they can bring in income, I imagine. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think Peter says that like, oh, this kibbutz stuff is like too Soviet for me, which is just like kind of sprinkling in the time period. And it's also like, what? It's just like a communal living space. Like it's not communism, you know? It's it's really interesting to hear like you, you being able to like it being able to explain to me who didn't know beforehand what that was, because that makes I mean, it doesn't make sense in general, but that makes even less face, um, less sense because they're just viewing like a general, I guess, Yiddish term. It would be, but like as scary because it's foreign, which is kind of throughout the episode. Mm, but like, mm-hmm. it's very much laced in this scene. I think it's also. I mean, I personally thought it was kind of shitty that Don later on in the scene, after they say a lot of just like weird anti-semitic like we're just scared of different country stuff mm-hmm. that then he don sees the image of like a busty jewess and is like you know who i'm thinking of i'm thinking of rachel and then calls rachel i was no, like i know i literally was like don calls the the one jew he knows it's Ugh. seriously seriously it's it's bad and i'm very excited to talk about in a couple of scenes where uh uh rachel calls him out because honestly she does a very good job of that so at, after all of this, uh, after all of this, like, intro anti-Semitism, then we go to uh, Don and Betty getting ready for bed. Don mm-hmm. is reading Exodus, trying to understand generally this client. Which I guess, like, uh, we can give him kudos for that. Like, he's actually doing homework. He's reading this book and trying to understand in his way. Um, ta- Betty's asking him some questions about it, and then Betty reveals that the first uh guy that she kissed is jewish gasp and then he's like how did that happen um no, and he's she, like how did that happen like yeah, it's very like, very i am cons- <laughs> i am concerned father about this you're like calm down Ugh. she does betty does like have a really good line though that the guy apparently picks betty to kiss in her mind because she's like the only person not in his synagogue and she kind of like does this thing where she bites her lip and she's like they were all blondes by next summer and kisses them i'm Ugh. like that was a good line. Okay, that was no. Sexy. I, I that kind of pissed me off because I'm just like, oh, of course Betty never gets rejected, and of course everybody wants to I, be Betty. I mean, yes, it was very entitled, but I was kind of like, <laughs> you know what, you're feeling yourself. You don't really feel yourself in that way, so whatever. I do. They do have a little hint of just Don. I guess is thinking about. Uh, I almost said Megan about Rachel and then like is really wrapped up in this client. She, uh, Betty goes to kiss him and she says, honey, it's hot. And I have to read this book about the desert. She's <laughs> just like so awkward. It's just like, why? Yeah, it was really you awkward. Have to that part. Um, so that one's kind of a nothing burger of a scene, but a little bit of intro to be like, 
introducing the idea at least of um which i think will be continued very shortly where you know they have this really good chemistry betty just said i want to have sex with you a lot and i think don's going to start reeling it back and like not having as much sex with her and she's like what's going on so mm-hmm. start with that i also felt like the only thing it did too was uh demonstrate don not really knowing about betty's past um yeah that's true so and i just felt like he was a little galvanized by this whole like you're you're not kissing a you know i guess in in yiddish they would say a goy which is like a gentile or a non-jew like oh mm-hmm. you're like your first kiss wasn't a goy you know yeah how how dare that's you're how right a that jewish john draper would ask that question a goy oh my know. god just like adding the yiddish that would be a, a, that would be bit, a fun you know? show yeah. um but like it is true like kind of how much he's like doesn't know this story and they've been married long enough to have bobby and sally bobby one and two and sally <laughs> um, the thousands of the kids who play bobby yeah for sure um, um and then we get into the much needed oh, comic relief yeah this scene oh i was so excited about this scene because when we first started this podcast we were talking about the the german woman who does research and she comes back which i, I think we forgot that she comes back i completely forgot that she was really exciting because like she yes. doesn't really come back but she's in this amazing scene i think this scene is like mwah, mad men you know yes quintessential mad men and also quintessential joan just being like a perfect bitch like i yeah. love it it's uh, so it's yummy so, so yummy and i i will say too i felt like this scene for whatever reason I wrote down like I love how Mad Men seamlessly weaves in and out of history while also like really maintaining this fictional world so it's like Sterling Cooper is not real but there's like so much like history woven in that it just feels like a really good period piece Mm -hmm. even though it's not like a real quote-unquote story Um, yeah I agree so in this scene um Belle Jolie is a client and Joan locks the secretaries into this room, which I thought was bizarre on their lunch break, I think, which I also thought was bizarre. It was a weird move. So just to go back really quickly, they start a tiny little intro. There's not even a scene. It's a little intro to this that Freddie meets with, I think like I wanted to skip this one else upsetting. I know it just, I won't, I won't say like the annoying thing he says, but two things. One is it establishes, who Freddie is, and Freddie's a damn drunk. So that's mm-hmm. important later. Freddie's a drunk. He has breakfast with like a bunch of vodka, so that's not good. And two, they're making fun of the names of lipstick, saying that that made them Belle Jolie's, that potentially made Belle Jolie's sales flat. Do names of lipsticks matter? This is yes, one thing I had. I, I, was, I think names of lipsticks and nail polish do matter. Really? I like to look it up. I mean, it's kind of like how I feel like about horoscopes. I'm like, if I read a horoscope, do I actually think it's real? No. But is it going to like make me think differently about my day? Yes. Like, am I going to pick out a lipstick that I like because of the color more than the name? Yes. But if this lipstick is named like, you know, farts, I'm not going to want it. You know, (laughs) I really want to open a lipstick line with you now with these names uh, that are terrible. But no, that's really interesting because I... I guess it's just, I'm... I think they matter, but I think they're also really useless, too. Like, I think if, like, lipsticks never had names, I wouldn't give a shit. But the fact that I they guess do that's have names, I think oh, it's really interesting. If it's a really bad name, then that right. would be... That's that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Like, no one I wants the lipstick farts, you know? No Which one, gonna, no one like, wants lipstick farts. Now after this. You're gonna feel like 
it's just bad day. I feel like I have a bad vibe. That's fair enough. All right. So well, we can go back this, to. No, but the scene is like student sexism and there, there is a line that, so about aggressive. like, oh, lipstick is to mimic the flush after sex. I've also heard like not from Mad Men that lipstick is supposed to make lips look like a vagina, which is like, whatever. <laughs> um, don't doesn't it look more like a vagina without lipstick? But okay, I know I don't <laughs> That's know. All upsetting or it's like all bringing upsetting, attention but... to like this thing that could look like genitalia. I guess. Yeah, that's like makes it more highly sexualized rather than yeah. just you use it during the day to talk and eat and stuff. Yeah. So um, basically, like like I said, Joan brings in the secretaries on their lunch break, locks the door. They're in a one way glass mirror situation. Should be called two way glass. <laughs> Sal, you're an idiot. I'm sorry. That's really stupid. But. Oh my God. but basically all the bros and Sal are watching um, oh, the God. secretaries like put on lipstick. And it just, it's so like, the scene is so funny because it's so gross, you know? It's so upsetting. They have like, insults they're kind of like attracted to it at one point paul says can i take off my pants which is really funny and also really upset i wrote god you're paul you're such a dick you're you're like the worst of all of them how and then Um, ken who like is our like i guess best of the bros like you know is like saluting to joan's ass which i kind of understand but it's also an annoying scene you know yes i i had a question where it's like I have a question yeah, for you too about this. So go ahead. Well, just logistically, it's it's one-way glass, not two-way glass style. I don't know why that pisses me off so much, but you're so smart. It's like it's one-way glass if you only see one way. I don't understand why this is confusing to him because he says that at the beginning. Regardless. That really how do they not you. hear the men? Because the men are in the next room. It's it's not soundproof. So like they can hear them saying stuff about lipstick in the next fucking room. So like my I don't know. question is. Does Joan know that the men can see them? Oh, a hundred percent. She a hundred percent. So is knows. she like bending her ass over for Roger? I. This is one thing I was interested in because I think she's definitely bending over for the men. And I think she is bending over for Roger. But how does she know that Roger just came in? Does she like know his schedule? That's why like, I was like, I don't know if she knows. You know, I. I think she has to know because she does. She turns around. She does the pose. She does yeah. the eh pose, which is so good. Like honestly, I was like. I would sleep with you in this moment, Joan, but I'm not worthy. Like, <laughs> holy shit. But let me say that, like, she does the pose, so it has to be on purpose for the men. And she I doesn't like know it, Roger's there, so I get it. How can she know that Roger just got there? So maybe, I don't maybe know. Maybe it's not for Roger, though. Maybe she's just like, here's my ass, boys. Like, you're all pigs. <laughs> yeah, and like, I know. I know what you're doing, and I'm smarter than all these bitches behind me. <laughs> like, I definitely thought of it as a power move, and that's, like, one of my favorite things that she does. I feel like she has to know, but I do agree that, like, it seems like it should be for Roger, but plot-wise, that doesn't make sense how she would know Roger just got in the room. Right, right. Um... So then the last part of the scene, and then there's cut scenes that kind of interrupt it. Uh, yeah. Is- so I, I'm sorry to go back. I just want to say that I, I love the scene. I think it's like definitely quintessential first season Mad Men. Love it. It's good comedy relief. I think this is part of why I like this episode, honestly, is that it has this sequence. It's really interesting. However, I don't like... And it's just a side thing. I don't like that they kind of make it seem like Joan is sarcastic and knows it's happening. Is too smart for it. Peggy just doesn't fit in. She's too smart for it. But all the That's other ladies are dumb. Say. She's like very, Peggy's very disinterested and it yeah. paints her as like an outcast. I don't like, like, I understand they needed to do this for the contrast, but I don't like that they necessarily painted all the other secretaries as like confused and dumb. 
Like they all are fine with it. And I think they're just like excited not to be working and trying on lipstick, which comes across as ditzy, but I don't think it's, I don't think it means they're I dumb. agree. That's you're right. Retract. I'm kind of speaking I think into the they want the you scene. to think that because like women aren't supposed to be Jones and Peggy's, you know? Yeah, I guess I just I I get I yeah, I should not judge them because it's just trying to highlight Joan and Peggy because they're our characters. I guess this time around I was like there's not one other girl who's also kind of looking around in the corner. Like all of them are fine with it except for these two that are supposed to be like smart leading ladies and i don't know why it bothered me but this time i was like i feel like you're kind of not being fair to the other ladies who may not even they have to have reservations but they have a scene where like this girl's getting interviewed and i think i'm skipping ahead here and i interrupted you for this so sorry about that but no, like that's okay you said and she what seems I very to confused say, yeah i'm very I, confused and i was like come on allison's not that dumb I get why you would judge it, but I think, like, if somebody pulled me from my desk and asked me to try on lipstick in the middle of the workday, I, too, would be excited about it. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, as long as it's not called farts. <laughs> Sorry. Good, good callback. I, we'll, had we'll, to, I had to. We'll come back to the ladies. I get it. There, There's this sense of, like, them squealing over it that's, like, annoying. I understand. Yeah, and I was like... Yeah, I know you're leaning into it. I guess that's true. I'm kind of taking, oh my God, I'm taking the perspective of the guys. I'm going <laughs> to stop talking. No. Well, let's move I'm on. Um, where Don meets with Rachel and Ooh. immediately she's like, I am not drinking. This is not a thing. And she's also like, you're a dick, like for calling me because I'm Jewish for your work. Uh, yeah. She's like, she has some great lines. Uh, she has a line that I really love. And I think it's like very descriptive of this kind of experience where he's not outrightly, he's being, he's not to her face being anti-Semitic, but he's being really ignorant. I like that. She said, I'm not an expert and feels strange to be treated like one. I don't know Mm -hmm. why I really like that line. Mm -hmm. I think it's really, she kind of puts a pin on the entire scene. You're like, this is really weird because she's like a lady who owns a store. Like, you're expecting her to explain this country to you. Anyway. She's also not Israeli, I think. Yeah, she's, she's like American. an American Jew, you know? Yeah, so it's kind of just a bizarre thing for him to ask. And she really highlights why it's bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, she does explain to Don that Zion means Israel and talks about uh israelis being exiled so whatever you know you advertise should be like a utopia right like that's Mm -hmm. the gist of it i i mean that's i personally view this as a don dupe because she tries to talk about like he's like what why does this place exist i don't understand explain it to me she's like okay i'm an american it's weird to be treated like that and then she starts talking about like you know, Jews have lived in exile for a really long time in a number of different places and times in history. Mm -hmm. So having, at least I took it to be like, having this place is really important, even if I don't live there. Like it's important to have a place for like kind of these people that I am, you know, part of, even if I'm primarily an American. And then he reaches over and he's like a utopia and smiles at her all sexy. I'm like, that was not what you meant at all. And I feel like you totally just changed the subject to try to sexify it. And then she's just like, no. And then she has this these two definitions of utopia. <laughs> Utopos, which means the good place, and Utopos, which means the good place that cannot be. And this stuck in my cross so much when I was young that 
I wrote this down as an answer at like a happy hour. This whole <laughs> two definitions, and I did not get points because they're like, what no, was that's not what the we meant. Happy hour was that like a a quiz or what it was, was like through my work, and then like we had to write down. Or a happy hour, like bar trivia kind of a thing. Okay. Um, I love that though. It's and such I wrote a good line. T- I was so excited. I wrote down both and they're like, no, that's not the right answer for the utopia definition. Well, anyway, to wrap this up, Rachel at the end is basically like you're buying for the, whatever this was, you know, <laughs> which I loved. Yes. Um, and also you go, while girl. you were talking, it made me think of like contextually, like the, the idea of Israel, like yeah. at least post-World War II was very new. Like, mm. I think Israel, like, as it is today, was, you know, founded, quote-unquote, in, like, 1950. So it's mm. just kind of interesting to think about, like, how new this is. Yeah, that's really interesting. In the context of, like, the, yeah. the history of the world, you know? Um, anyway, just something that I didn't think about until you were talking about the utopia stuff for whatever reason. Um, that's kind of interesting, and it doesn't get Dawn off the hook, but I guess it's slightly more understandable. I guess it could like, explain, like, if it is, like, a little over a decade old, people might not really understand the significance of it. Yeah. So oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I just you talking about that made me think of that. Um, yeah. So moving along, um, Joan says my favorite line in this episode, which is, "We're back to the secretaries trying on the lipstick." And as they're leaving, Joan says, "Thank you for your cooperation and your lips." <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you go, girl. I love that. And we get um, kind of the first golden Peggy nugget. <laughs> Which I don't like the way I phrase that at all. But Peggy, like, <laughs> yeah. Marvel's Freddy. Yeah. Freddy, Peggy and Freddy. That's kind of annoying. Um, yeah. And she just hands him, uh, you know, the garbage p- bin full of the tissues that women use to, like, blot their lips after the lipstick. And she's yeah. just like, here's your basket of kisses. And Freddy is like, what did you say? And he's, he's just like, like, so astonished. It's hilarious. <laughs> he's like, that's clever like he's so disturbed like it's, that she, it's not like but it's not like it's, astounding you know <laughs> it's like that she just likes recited poetry it just is really funny how astounded they are um i also was just i thought it was really interesting not really interesting but i was i thought it was kind of an interesting method that they have them try on lipstick shades and then, then take the the tissues out of the trash and they're going to count the shades it's creepy but i'm like that's kind of clever as a research technique Mm-hmm. And I also anyway. like how Peggy says she doesn't want to be one of a hundred colors in a box, um, which is why she wasn't really interested in like, she said something to Freddie, like, oh, they didn't have my shade, you know? And yeah. I just felt like that again, further like segments petty from like a general woman of the era, I guess. Yeah. Um, and she, then, see, she's being pigeonholed kind of. Yeah. And then basically Don and Freddie talk cause Freddie's so like astounded by this basket of kisses <laughs> line. And Don says this like thing that made me laugh so hard. And Don was like, yeah, I try not to make eye contact for fear of getting blinded by earnestness. Like, I mean, referring to Peggy. It. I love that. It's so funny. And I said, and then I think Freddie says something like, yeah, it's like watching a dog play the piano. But I have to say that's oh, one I'm of sorry. my favorite that's lines favorite in the whole series, which is terrible. The whole series? I know that's awful. It's because it's not my favorite, which makes me sound terrible. But, like, it's just so funny. Because the way he says it, he looks at her, he's like, like watching a dog 
play the piano and it's like three <laughs> words she said it's so funny that like he just can't comprehend that a woman oh could string God. together three clever words he doesn't get it and it also is compounded by the fact that like it cuts to peggy and you realize they've all been talking about peggy for five minutes and she's literally there in the door so <laughs> <laughs> and you're like she can hear everything you guys are saying oh. you guys are not whispering i also felt like the subtext of this was like for dawn <laughs> like it must be nice to have a secretary you don't want to fuck, you know? Yeah, know. for sure. Ugh. It's like, it's an end of one. This is not going to continue. Oh, and a two, blanket ship, which is coming later, but Love it's it. very rare. Love it. Um, anyway. yeah. I also great. clocked in this episode, in this scene that, like, Don starts by saying, I have a, oh, I'm going to cancel my day. Peggy's like, oh, you have a meeting at three with the client. And she's like send them over cigars and later he goes and fucks midge and you're like he just can cancel a meeting it's two hours notice or something and send them cigars that's crazy to me yeah, but, but peggy's like a badass and she's like i'll find out what he likes to smoke she's, and i'm like she's getting what the a ropes. good she's job getting the ropes. Yeah. yeah um yeah and then we have this scene where rachel calls her sister we also find out that rachel is also 28 like which is the same age as betty which i just thought was yeah. interesting yeah for sure um, she admits to liking Don, uh, but knows he's like unavailable. And the sister says this line, you know, she makes it a point to also say that like the person she likes is not Jewish, mm-hmm. which would probably like piss off their dad. But then the sister says like, oh, well, we can marry for love these days, you know, mm-hmm. not just like being within our own cultures and and people. Um, yeah. I don't really have anything else to say there. That's just like kind of a filler scene, I think. Yeah, and it's kind of nice to see Rachel's life, and I like that she's like, I want like I want him, and I want to ignore everything else about him, which I think is like we can all understand. We've had Ugh. someone like no, that. It, We're it, like, but this it is bothers such a- me too because like as a viewer and a voyeur of the show, like I can want to be with Don, but like Rachel's too smart for that. But of course, she wants to be with Don. Yeah, she's like, I'm attracted to him, but I know that this is like a fuckhead, and she, I can't. There's not even. It's not even love. It's just, like, attraction. I I like that she can just, like, pinpoint. It's like, I'm not getting confused. And yeah. then her, her sister's, like, ignore the wedding bells. Like, just have some romance. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, you go. Yeah, very modern convo, you know. Um, so then Joan comes to Peggy and basically is like, hey, like, you, you're you going to work on this copy for Belle Jolie. And, uh, but, you know, all of the writing you do has to be on your own time and you're not going to get a raise. So, fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, and Joan's very snippy about it, and you're like, Joan, but, yeah, you know, Yeah, this is like whatever. bitchy season one Joan. Bitchy um, season one Joan with, which is, like, great, except for when it's at Peggy, and it's, like, kind of more conflicted, but... Uh, so, actually, I think Peggy's outfit in this scene is my favorite, or I noticed it in this scene, and... It was cute. Because I knew you would pick the Joan red dress, because it's fabulous, but in this scene, Peggy's wearing, like a purple dress that's short sleeved and it has this adorable bow. And there's like a lot of, I did like, notice. A, like a light pattern to it, but it's not like too obnoxious. And I just, I thought it was really cute. It's like something I would want to wear. Maybe like sans the bow. It, it was very cute. I definitely did notice. And she's like, I'm not dressed up to go talk to them. I'm like, yeah, you are girl. You look good. Yeah. Yeah. She looks really nice. I mean, she's, it's not, she, it's no Joan, but she's like leaning into her own. She's feeling more comfortable. It but feels I, like. I was curious, you said something earlier when we were talking about Margaret and I felt like if you felt like this outfit kind of made her seem childlike or something. 
a I little the bow, bit, the bow. a little bit, the bow and it's not everything. So it's a little bit more adult, but the bow and the ponytail with the little curl looked a little bit like Margaret, which I mm-hmm. just noticed. Cause it was like, I like your ponytail it makes you look young squirt. It's like, yeah, you, Peggy does look a little young. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh, so then we get to like kind of the end of the episode. I mean, like it's a long scene. Yeah. Um, I, I have a question not to derail us, but okay. I know, I know I've been going on. I, Hope I'm not revealing too much about myself here. So this is a scene where Don goes and sees Midge. Midge uh-huh. answers the door and like admittedly looking good with like a sweater and like just underwear. They start making out. She Midge is holding a plant and Don is making out with her really aggressive and smashes the plant. I've seen this in shows a bunch. Again, I hope are you going to too much about my sex not, life. You know? Does this happen where got people are so into each other? Okay, I'm probably uh, I'm really sex that's so extreme that I broke something in my house. Like, I've never like broken something and be like it's fine. Like, I would be too upset and worried about breaking shit. <laughs> Does this happen in real life? Because this is in movies, it's in TV shows when it's passionate. Are you asking like, me personally, or like if it happens in general? Like, I've never heard of this happen either. I think it's okay. ridiculous. I, I just wanted to verify. I've like, always felt like, do I not have good sex, or is it just like this doesn't? This is like a thing from Hollywood. I mean, I think people. I would be preoccupied on, you know, the thing breaking. Okay. But I, I guess alone. I've never I've broken something. I very insecure about that because I'm like, I don't want to ask people and people will be like, you've never had that good of sex. It's like, no, I've never had sex so good that I just broke shit in my house. No. <laughs> I don't know if that's like an indicator of like good sex. I think it's just like, it's just ignoring something for sex. Yeah. Maybe it's just like, again, sex. I love this. Drug. I love this music. You sound like really upset about it. I, it's, oh, it's bothered me since I was like 19 years old where I'm like, I feel like this is a unattainable standard because I'm not someone who can ignore that I have shit I care about within. I like, love this distance. because I feel like in every sex scene that's not like a rated R film, um, like after sex, people it's like the woman is in a blanket that's covering her entire body oh and my god it's always like sitting under up boobs yeah and, it's and i'm like like, armpit. like no one does this no one's under a blanket after sex if anything you're probably having sex on top of the blanket you know so it's how'd you always, get under the blanket i hate the way it's always like tucked under the armpits because it's like just yes. covering your nipples like no girl sits like that don't you sit that. like even like it's it down in a slightly yeah Okay, we're just saying that, like, sex is unrealistic. I'm glad we've (laughs) agreed on that point. And I'm sorry, Mad Men, you don't... Sex is unrealistic, yeah. Yes. Mad Men, you had the fury of my, like, 10-year anger at Hollywood. This is not about you. So anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That has nothing to do with Mad Men, but let's go back. In my notes, I wrote... Yeah. I drew, excuse me, I drew a triangle, and I put... Rachel, Midge, and Betty at each of the points. And I don't really know what that means because they're not like interacting with each other, but they're all fucking Don, I guess. Yeah. It's kind so of like. Rachel hasn't like. Has she had sex with Don at this no, point? That's no, that's coming up. And then yeah. he's going to be like, Spoiler. my is a whore, then has sex with her. And you're be like, oh my but God. Yeah. I just feel like these women are triangulating around Don's life. I don't know what that means. It may mean nothing, but I drew that while I was watching the show. I, um, I mean, definitely important to clock. It's like, you're chuckling the three ladies. That's kind of a lot, dude. Yeah, calm they're calm all your dick down. But yeah. uh, anyway. And uh, the, sorry, the Drapers. Midge and Don get interrupted by this dude, Roy, who comes in. And Such a bad outfit. 
yeah, bad name. And he's just like, oh, you have a busy dance card to Midge. And I'm like, okay, so you're like calling her a slut, whatever. Like, let's move on, you know? Um, I mean, but then Midge I, I don't want say, to. Mitch I don't want to. Like, yeah, go ahead. I'm I'm wearing nothing underneath my skirt, and I'm like, girl, you are a little slut. You, you know? go, you go. I mean, to be fair, even though uh, Roy is not my favorite, if you were gonna like go over to a guy's house and then like I'm gonna be there at like six or six thirty, and you got there, and then there was a girl, a guy that was gonna fuck her or fuck your boyfriend, like the guy you're with or whatever. I said it's totally gender flip, but whatever. Um, you would be bad. You'd be like, dude, this is like the hour I'm going to come. You can't do it like the hour before the hour after. Like, why right now? Like, I do get that if it was, if he, if it was time specific at all, I would be bugged. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't, I have so a lot you're of, like, like weird sex opinions. You're expressing empathy for Roy. I understand that. Um, oh boy. Did, did, I just hate Midge. I don't know why I hate Midge so much. I just hate Midge. Did, uh, did Don give notice that he was coming over or he, did he just come no. over? Okay. He well, just canceled his meeting and showed up. Ugh. Well, that's that. There's another cut scene and, oh God, again, Roger, by okay. Joan a fucking bird which is That's like what the so many fuck? layers of ick first of all don't buy someone a pet if they don't want a pet that is second of all shitty. don't buy birds in general <laughs> <laughs> i agree with this i personally hate birds but like uh, i hate don't give someone a bird. bird pets like don't have bird pets you know don't have bird pets because they're terrifying they're little dinosaurs with glass eyes yep yep uh <laughs> don't buy the bird because she has to take care of it and don't buy her a bird because it's like this is symbolism that i don't want you to have a life or friends i want you to be caged like this bird it's like that was really subtle roger thanks also don't buy yeah did you say this don't buy people pet gifts like how inconsiderate like if they don't want a pet don't buy them a animal and be like you take care of this even if they do want a pet don't give them a pet that's like okay i'm giving you responsibility it's 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 so messed up it's a messed up and upsetting thing and i hate that they sort of have like jones kind of like horrified and then roger wants to have like sex with her and then jones kind of embarrasses like roger god she the bird singing can you cover the cage like that's just really sad and fucked up it's like you ruined it dude you ruined it it's gross now you don't have to answer this but have you ever had sex in front of an animal (laughs) yes yeah i have too it's like not that upsetting i guess it's it's like kind of embarrassing and you're young but then you get used to it you're like it's fine the cat's just gonna sit on the bed like a little creeper and you're like <laughs> but i'm just like like would you ever be like oh put a blanket over that cat you know <laughs> it's over the cat just like like i'm like okay just... midge is gonna break a fucking plant but joan can't have sex because there's a bird in the room like <laughs> what it's a really good point it's like girl again, you gotta I get it like she she's like covering the metaphor <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like, I don't want to see the symbol of what you want oh, me to be. Can we at least pretend it's not here because it's now in the Can room? Can we hide your horrifying present? Yes, please. But to your point, <laughs> <laughs> it's very different. He's not as uninhibited as bitches. And I did, okay. I was only going to do again with Mad Men, but I did have, <laughs> when I was younger, experience where it was like a cat. I remember the cat. I think the cat was named Oreo. And then, like, Oreo kept on like, getting on the bed. And it was, like, one amazing. of the first times having sex. And then, like, I wasn't as freaked out by it. But the guy was so mad. He'd just be like, Oreo, you perfect. We're, like, kick it off the bed. And the cat would come back on. And the cat would be like, meow. And then cat, he'd be like, Oreo, go. It's just so funny. Oh and it's, it was worse I that they were that. paying attention to it. Okay, we should hurry up because I'm talking too much about <laughs> sexy. But. 
Well, I love that. Thank you yeah. for indulging that question. Um, yeah, love so it. then it gets very montage here. But first we have Don. I wrote Don goes hippie. And the Midge worst open mic like, ever. Yeah, they go to an open mic. I, I also wrote Midge is probably like devil's three way question mark. Oh, <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Which would have been She's fun. Into it. Yeah, yeah. She um, even says like, do you guys like Roy and Don are arguing? He's like, you guys want to poke it out in the urinals? I'm like, oh, what does that mean? Oh, my God. I'm sure yeah, they well, mean fight, but I was like, okay. There's like this big dick energy fight between Roy and Don. And like Don is clearly very uncomfortable in this environment. And Roy is yeah. like in his element, you know? And then Roy's just like, Madison Avenue, what a gas, you know? <laughs> Which I love that line. Yeah. Um, and he's like, how do you sleep on your bed of lies, basically? Like, because you're just like exploiting people and yeah. making money on and, a bed made of money. And then Don says, word. like, uh, like, so Roy, if you had a job, what would you do? And I'm like, oh, uh, shit. It's a, there's so many, like, oh, burn in the scene. It's very good. Yeah. I, <laughs> um, I guess for the listeners, like, Nora and I both went to the University of Iowa, and Iowa has, like, you know, a lot of bros mixed with a lot of, like, writers um yeah so i felt like this scene was very much like don being in like u iowa's like business school or like a frat guy and he goes to like java house for a poetry <laughs> reading and it's just oh, like God, so yes. like jarring like i just feel like he's so uncomfortable there's yeah, like a poet just... who reads like not like i guess kind of a good poem kind of not a good poem you know yeah, he's just like so baffled. He looks he's away, like talking yeah. about history and emotions. I said I didn't like this at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, and <laughs> oh, so the, poet, the poet like flashes the audience and <clears throat> Don looks away, which is like, what the fuck? Like, you're going to cheat on your wife a thousand times and you're going to like look away at these boobs because it's like too much art for you. Yeah, like calm down. I will say, I should judge the art, but like the lady, that lady with the sweater, she flashes. She's like, she's a lot. She's a lot, but she's she's going for it. So I kind of like hate it and uh, admire it at the same time. I would be like secondhand embarrassed, but also like really impressed if I was. It really there took me back to my English major days. I've never been to a reading where somebody flashed someone. I have been to a reading where somebody ate a rose, which was like really fucking weird. Wait, like she just had a rose. Can you do that ate- without being poisoned? <laughs> But they just kind of like spat it out a little bit. I don't know. It was really stupid. But no, that's English- kind of. It sounds kind of interesting. No, but it was like so uncomfortable. Like- you know, um, like I'd rather would have been flashed than like watch someone eat a rose. Because <laughs> yeah, I guess eating a rose is like. It's not like a flash. It's like I have to watch the person chew and swallow over and over again. Uh, well, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Too much college Go, talk. Going off um, the rails, but I love it. Then there's a montage of ladies where we see, uh, yeah, just like, you know, great we, montage and the song. I know you the want to song, talk about the song. I, it's, there's like almost no lyrics, but I just always think of this song with first season Mad Men. It's I wish I had and, it on like Audible or Audible on uh, Spotify. No it also, um, I, th- I said it starts the, uh, what is it? The routine, I guess, of banger and music, like just good songs ending episodes. Oh, um, yeah. We see like Betty putting lipstick on Sally, which I felt like was very telling. Like she's just like obsessed with looking good and making sure yeah. her daughter's hot, even though she's and like very young. Here's your, here's your shade of the box like if from the mm-hmm. hundred and box it's kind of tied back to Belgio Lee too and it's kind of like oh boy you're yep. a doctor yep. getting Sally into this club 
And then there's this great end shot where Joan and Roger leave their hotel at like different times. And then there are these columns like of the hotel and they're standing at opposite ends of the hotel and they're like separated by these columns. And I just wrote the system, man. Like that was my note. And then the, I totally agree. This ending shot is one of my like top three to five images in Mad Men. I know I'm saying like the top, whatever, but like if I could have this as a painting in my house, I definitely would. I think it's so pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and Joan's and, holding the bird, of course. And Joan's holding a bird. They're looking opposite directions. Ugh. I was talking to my uh, mom, who I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that I originally watched Mad Men with her and I mentioned we were recording. She's like, what episode are you doing? Babylon. She didn't remember. She hasn't rewatched. I said, it's the episode where this end of the scene, there's Roger and Joan at opposite ends of the street, and it's uneven where Joan's a little bit on the bottom. She goes, oh god, that's a great episode. So it's so quintessentially Mad Men that, like, you can pick out that image. Um, Yeah, I thought it was a great ending. It was kind of interesting, just wrapping up, that was Don understanding something? Was Don, like, kind of understanding Rachel through watching the song? He looked like he kind of was sad and he was maybe getting something. Or he could just be like, meh. I don't know. I'm like, I can't tell you how many times this show just, like, like, does a shot of Don musing. And you're like, does he get it? Or is there nothing going on up there? (laughs) He's just thinking about those boobs. Honestly. (laughs) He's just like, I have nothing in here. (laughs) No, I I think he's, you know... He's musing. He's always musing. Yeah. But is any, is he really thinking about anything? I don't know. It's is he so worth thinking? Is it worth thinking more about him than Joan? Absolutely not. So I'll Should ask someone, again. Like, yeah. Or yeah, you go ahead. Uh, this no, just be like if, my if any thoughts. of the listeners who there'll be probably like five at this point will paint that final image. I will buy it for like two hundred dollars. Oh, I true. definitely will. And would. like parting question for our listeners: Was this episode? sexually upsetting or upsettingly sexy yes we definitely need to get the group's consensus on this because i think it just depends on which rot you do but it was it was an interesting one it's worth it it had a lot to discuss so it definitely did until next time bye guys (laughs) 